Hello and welcome to the Culture Swally, a podcast dedicated to Scottish news and pop culture. My name is Nicky and I'm joined, as always, by the man who, when I put his name into a DJ name generator, it came up with the name DJ Gregology, which isn't bad, is it, no, mate? It's, not it's bad. Greg. DJ. Or, yeah, DJ. DJ Greg. Gregology. Gregology. It's, best, yeah. it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Oh, yeah. This, the second option was DJ Speedhurst, which <laughs> I thought was also quite good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. M- mine were quite crap. Um, uh, the best one that it came up with was DJ Cryptnicky, which I thought was quite good. Cryptnicky. But Crypt. Crypt. As- like, as in Crypt. As in a Crypt Keeper. Right. You know. Tales of the Crypt. Like, Tales from the Crypt. Right, right. Yeah, DJ Crypt Nikki. I don't quite know what that's got to do with that. but uh. mm. So yeah, DJ Gregology. Ah. So um, yeah, I hope all is well with you. Mate, we're in kind of a, a very strange episode loop here because to let a little light in upon magic to our listeners, we're actually recording this a couple of weeks in advance because you're going away for work, mm-hmm. Greg. And then on our last episode, we asked for people if they had anything that we should do when we're in Aberdeen. Now, this episode's going to come out the week after we've been to Aberdeen, <laughs> but we're not actually going for like another two and a bit weeks. So we're, we're in some strange sort of time loop. So it, if you follow the Instagram account, which is uh, at Pod, you will probably have seen some photos of, of us in Aberdeen or of pints of tenants and cans of iron brew. So you might be quite confused as to uh, why we're not talking about the trip on this episode, but it's because we haven't been yet. But uh, we'll be able to update you on our adventures <laughs> yeah. on the next episode of the podcast. Do you remember um, a couple of episodes ago, my voice was a bit deeper than usual because I'd spent the whole day smoking like a fucking sailor. Yeah. So we were out yesterday with some friends and my wife and I, of late, we have been really undisciplined when it comes to smoking, especially when we're having some drinks. Always end up Mm. buying 20 fags and smoking them all. Um, And you have to just sort of take whatever the bar has got. So it could be anything from Dunhills to Marlborough Reds to fucking God knows what. So yeah. So we did, we elected last weekend to give vaping a go, and we bought a oh, okay. We, we bought like a vape pen and uh, whatever you call them, the little cartridges, cherry flavor, not unpleasant. But what I found because it was just sitting in the, the kind of breast pocket of my shirt, so I find that you actually smoke a lot more than you would if you were mm. if you were smoking like a cigarette because it's got a very yeah. it's got a very definite beginning and end a cigarette whereas a vape doesn't so i found myself just every now and again and there's there's not really a great deal of smoke off it so they, they don't care if you do it indoors uh in the place that yeah. we were in yeah so I, so like this morning I, my voice isn't funny today as a result so that tells me that it's not quite as bad for me as smoking cigarettes <laughs> but yeah i don't know if it's the way forward uh doing the vaping i'm not sure it is i can see what you mean i mean i i haven't tried vaping but i know people that that do you know you can have just a couple of little puffs yeah, and that's it. yeah. whereas having a whole cigarette is a bit more of a, a commitment yeah exactly so to speak yeah exactly and the thing is you wouldn't just sit and like the like what you're saying you wouldn't just sit in front of the telly and just continually smoke like cigarettes well some people may no. some people obviously do yeah but we you know that some people do we've never we've never been smokers like that no but with the with the vape i could see me 
We're sitting with a vape, watching a movie and having a couple of cans and just fucking smoking continuously. Yeah. If, especially if I was by my, if I was by myself and there wasn't anybody to say, you're fucking smoking loads there. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. Oh, well, so it should be DJ Vapeology, DJ, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or, yeah, maybe. DJ Greg the Vapist. I've never, I've never made that connection before. Vapor, vapist. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We've got a vapist on the show later on. Um, okay. So, <laughs> well, good luck. I look forward to hearing how that, uh, how that goes. On yeah. The, um, <laughs> on the, uh, how you get on with the vaping? Well, hey, well, the next time we record, you'll have been doing it for quite a few weeks. Well, maybe not because you're going away. Yeah, so yeah. I'd imagine you're leaving that at home. I am. So. I am. Leave at home. I mean, I think the. the the reason I'm leaving it at home actually is because one, I know that I'll get a row if I take it away for, because my wife might look for it one night and not be able to find it. And two, yeah. I don't know if I don't think you're allowed to take them on as hand luggage. I, I don't rather. I mean, I don't think I don't think you're allowed to check yeah, I them. You're, I think you're allowed to check them in. Is what I mean in, I in, in case they blow up. Because um, they always yeah. they always say, do you have any electronic cigarettes in your luggage when you're checking your bag in? Mm. So yeah, it's, I think I just need to be, and I'm, I'm going to be with people who don't smoke, which will make life a lot easier, I think, you know, so. Yeah, that always helps, I think. It's uh, easier mm. if uh, you're around people that don't, so yeah. it makes life a lot easier for you. Wonderful. Okay, well, I guess, shall we have a look at what's been going on in Scotland three weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> when this comes out? Yep, uh, cue the jingle. Hello, this is the Outer Hebrides Broadcasting Corporation, and here is what's been going on in the news. Okay, Greg, so uh, what have you seen this week in the newspapers that you've uh, has caught your eye and you want to share with us? Well... My first story, it's about, it's about Cumbernauld. Huh. For years, uh, Cumbernauld, which is a town just a f- about f- 10 miles north of Glasgow, it's, it's a new town, and for our international listeners, a new town in the UK was essentially, they, they were built after the war. So when people were moved out of um, city centres, uh, these new towns are built. So they, I think the, mo- the most famous one in the UK is probably Milton Keynes. Um, but you've got Stevenage, mm. you've got uh, Livingston in Scotland, you've got um, East Kilbride and perhaps Scotland's most, you've got uh, Glenrothes, and a, a, perhaps Scotland's most famous new town is Cumbernauld. Cumbernauld has uh, a town centre, but it's not like other towns' town centres because it's all indoors. It's essentially a shopping centre, and it's fucking hideous. <laughs> now it has been. And unfortunately, Cumbernauld has been named Scotland's ugliest town a number of times. Oh. So the, the council now are planning to demolish the town centre and replace it. So the, this article was, on, was in the Scottish Sun on the 2nd of May. Uh, a town centre, which has twice been named Scotland's ugliest eyesore, is to be demolished. Uh, Cumbernauld Town Centre was hailed as a vision of the future when it was built in the years after the Second World War. But time has been called on the centre, which has repeatedly been handed the unenviable title of Scotland's worst 
eyesore. Uh, the brutalist architecture used to build drab Cumbernauld Town Centre, which is all contained inside one giant building, may have been way ahead of its time in the 1950s, but it's now set to be demolished. During its construction, the centre was heavily praised, but it quickly became known as an eyesore and was awarded Scotland's carbuncle title and handed <laughs> the pluck on the plinth trophy <laughs> in 2001 and 2005. Cumberland's population is almost 51,000 people. It's the only Scottish town to be labelled Scotland's most dismal town twice. Yet back in the 1980s, it shot to fame at the setting for hit movie Gregory's Girl, starring John Gordon Sinclair, Claire Grogan and Dee Hepburn, uh, which we reviewed on our second episode of the culture swally uh way back uh, yeah hundreds of years ago uh when the pandemic was about a third in i think um mm. <laughs> the town itself was described as the Kabul of the north <laughs> 2001 with a special mention to the for the town shopping center described as a rabbit warren on stilts four years later when the town scooped the award for a second time i'm not sure you would describe that as scooping the award. A scooped. Yeah. But a, a spokesperson for the judging panel noted that, if anything, the town had declined further still. Um, back in 1956, Cumbernauld was designated as one of the five new towns in Scotland. As post-war Glasgow slums were cleared and the so-called overspill were given the opportunity to move to new homes in central belt towns like Cumbernauld, East Kilbride, Livingston, Irvine and Glenrothes. Working from a blank canvas, town planners were given the opportunity to design, quite literally, new towns. But of the five, the vision for Cumbernauld's town centre backfired spectacularly. The Carbuncle Award, voted for by readers of business magazine Unlimited, was bestowed annually on a Scottish town which is deemed to be a blot on the landscape. When it received the unfortunate title for the first time, organisers homed in on the sprawling, angular concrete complex which they described as soulless and inaccessible. Something like Eastern Europe before the Berlin Wall came down. Now North Lanarkshire Council is to put it out of his misery and has agreed to buy the town centre from its private owners. Part of a multi-million pound scheme to create a town hub. So they're going to put schools, uh, leisure facilities, office space and a new health centre. Um, along with shops, homes and public spaces connected by active and sustainable travel options. The plan is part of a £3.5 billion effort to reimagine towns across the region, putting schools and public services back at the centre of urban communities. So Cumbernauld for me is a place quite close to my heart because that yeah. I my father used to take me to that shopping centre every weekend when I was a little boy uh, and in those days it had a really it had quite a good range of shops. My dad lived in Cumbernauld, or he he lived in Cumbernauld Village, which was the original sort of uh, the original community before the new town was built around it. And um, to be honest, like some of the it's not just the town centre, some of the um like houses and uh like blocks of flats and stuff that are in Cumbernauld are fucking weird. It's like if you you know a clockwork orange, the movie. Yeah. When you see wide shots of like where um Malcolm McDowell lives, <laughs> it does look a bit like Cumbernauld, to be honest. Yeah it does. Actually, yeah. So, so yeah, but I think it'll be it'll be good for Cumbernauld, for Cumbernauld to get a new town centre. I was in a town centre this year when I was in Cumbernauld. I think I sent you, there was there's a comic shop in there. I sent you some pictures 
well, those wrestling figures, remember all those loose ones? Yeah. And uh, yes. So that that's I think it's called Castle Comics. And uh, if you're ever in Cumberland Town Centre and you like comics, then you could go and check them out. They're a bit expensive. But apart from Castle, <laughs> apart from <laughs> apart from Castle Comics, it's like exclusively charity shops, pretty much. It's like all charity shops. There's a post office and everything, but it is it's. It's pretty, it's pretty grim <laughs> to be quite like, especially yep. when you've lived in Dubai for two years, you know. <laughs> I think that's indicative of a lot of city centres, though. I mean, well, famously, we're going to Aberdeen in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we could, could have, we'll discuss it in the next pod. But last time we were there, Union Street, which is mm. the main high street, used to be packed with lots of shops and different places. Now it's basically all bookies, mm. charity shops, Greg's, and like, Tesco and yeah, Sainsbury's yeah. Express or We Buy Gold type shops. <laughs> like, it's a fucking depressing state of affairs. And that's the shops that are open. Yeah. A lot of them are boarded up or not doing anything. You know, I think the the rates are too high to attract good yeah. local independent retailers. Yeah, so it's just all shops like that. So I don't understand. I think it's just a, a part of city centre living at the, at the moment. It's such a shame. I think a lot of it's to do with um, online shopping is a lot more accessible it's a lot easier than it was sort of 10 years ago especially with the big boys like amazon and stuff you know like for, for these brands they would have like having like a big sort of flagship store in a city center it would probably lose money but it was still worth having because it's a flagship store you know what i mean it's a it's pre yeah. it's pre, it's presence in like a major city center and they probably just take the hit on the rent and everything but i, th- I guess it's harder for the for companies to sustain that shops like that is when when especially for like next apart something like 85 percent of next business in the uk is online yeah you know what i mean so right there's no next in cumbernauld town center <laughs> by the way but there are there are <laughs> That's maybe why. <laughs> yeah, there, is, but there is an Argos. Funnily enough, that seems to have hung in there all these years. So yeah, it's amazing that Argos still is on the go, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The, the, the old book, of, the old, the old book of dreams. <laughs> the old book of dreams. Mentioned that many a time on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful thing. So uh, that was my first story this week. What? What's your first story? Okay, my first story this week, Greg, is about a Scots pub boss who poured. Two rare one in a million cans of clear iron brew. Have you ever heard of clear iron brew? No. No. So this is from the Daily Record today. Um, So it's a Scots pub boss who is feeling lucky after cracking open two cans of clear iron brew, despite there being one in a million odds of this. Barmaid Joanne Hanlon was serving her employee at the the Boar's Head in Airdrie, North Lanarkshire, two weeks ago when they made the first shock discovery. After pouring the iron brew into a glass, the duo were stunned to find the iconic orange colour was missing, but that the sugar-free fizzy drink still tasted exactly the same. After contacting uh, AG Bar, manufacturers of Iron Brew, they were told that this is a rare phenomenon that is caused by an issue with the inside of the can. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd be quite happy to drink that if (laughs) being told that it's an issue with the inside of the can. Uh, But the business owners have been told that they should buy a lottery ticket after they opened a second can of Clear Iron Brew on Thursday. Uh, Employee Joanne said, I was serving my boss a can of Iron Brew a couple of weeks ago. When she opened it up, it was completely clear. I was shocked. I asked if it was fizzy, which it was. And then I tasted it. It tasted exactly the same. It just had no colour in it. 
<laughs> when I first looked at it, I thought, is that water? So yeah, she uh, she contacted AG Bar asking, uh, she wasn't phoning to complain. She was asking if she'd won some sort of competition <laughs> because she'd never heard of that happening before. Well, you know, but sometimes they do that with, yeah. um, not Iron Brew, but they might do, oh, find the golden egg or something yeah. and claim a prize. Like Brewdog did with a can, that got them into a hell of a lot of trouble. Yeah. So she drinks Iron Brew all the time and has never come across this. Uh, they replied and said it was a one in a million chance of it happening and it's very, very rare. They sent her out some coupons for Iron Brew. That's, you know, she's had this one in a million discovery and they are sending her sort of, uh, yeah, I'll have some free Iron Brew on us. But then she texts me to say she'd opened her second can of clear Iron Brew. I've told her to put the lottery on. Yeah, they said it's something to do with the inside of the can and all the colour gets sucked out or something like that. Right. It's very weird that it's happened to her twice in a fortnight. AG Barb and commented for a contacted for a comment from the Daily Record. Now, like I say, I'd be a bit strange. You know, you you see those stories and those videos on YouTube and stuff of people putting like dirty two peas into Coke. Like a can of Coke yeah. or, and, and it just comes out all shiny. I, I would have to wonder if that's something that's been going on here. Like the can has sucked the colour out of the iron brew. How is that possible? So then if you were if we were to cut the can open, would the inside be yet be orange then? The inside of the can That's a very good point. There's no photo of that and they probably didn't keep the can maybe, but yeah, that's a very good point. I wonder if uh, if it would, because you would think so. Because if you cut open a like a can iron brew, it's just like the kind of metallic inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would it be orange? You would think so. Otherwise, where does the colour go? Well, that's it. That's my point. Bizarre. Really weird. I mean, do you remember Remember when uh, Coke released Tab? And it was... Yeah, sp- I'd love... Supposed to sort Loved of it. Kind of clear Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, but I, I seem to remember it tasted slightly different, but I think it was just clear Coca-Cola, Tab Clear. But I, I really liked it. I was quite sad when it got withdrawn after, I think, about a year. I don't think we were ready. I don't, I don't think... Because I, th- yeah, I think you can still buy... I think you can still get it in the US. But I think... Yeah, I think so. But the US, Americans have got a thing for what I would call fizzy juice. You know, like Coke and... You know, like if you go to like the Cheesecake Factory, they give you like a pint of fizzy... If you order like a Coke, it it comes like in a big pint glass and then they just, mm. they just keep kind of coming and topping it up. Without even asking, and like I don't, I think in the yeah. in the UK we but don't, we don't really consume fizzy drinks like that. I, I don't think you know what I mean. Um, but I know those guys do. I don't think so. It, yeah, no. I mean, in the UK, well, especially Scotland, I'd say the the main fizzy drink that's consumed that way comes out of a draft, you know, and it's it's usually lager. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. The, and I would say the the most amount of fizzy juice is consumed again as a mixer with your vodka, yeah, exactly. or whiskey. <laughs> Seems to me the exactly definitely the the high consumption rates in Scotland. Uh, yeah, it's so bizarre. I, I would be quite shocked. I, I don't know if I would. I think I would probably give it a taste, and I would be quite surprised if wow, it tastes the same, but. I would definitely think it was just some sort of mistake or mix-up. But then with them telling me that the, the can sometimes sucks the colour out, I'd hmm, be a bit wary now next time I try Iron Brew. Yeah. I'm just having a look online because I felt like Pepsi released something like Tab in the UK right about the same time. I can't remember what it was called. I thought they did as well. It rings a bell. But uh, Tab was introduced in the US in 1963 as a, mm. their first diet 
drink. Mm. Some people have erroneously, have erroneously assumed that TAB stands for Totally Artificial Beverage. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay. It, it's supposed, according to, to, to Coca-Cola, it's supposed to bring to mind keeping tabs on your weight because it's a, a so-called um, healthier drink. But I, I can't find anything about the Pepsi one. Yeah, I thought they'd... They did um, release something. I think you're right, but I can't remember. It wouldn't have been... I'm just purely thinking because in, of course, Back to the Future, Marty asks for a tab, mm. and then he says, give me a give me a Pepsi Free. But yeah. I guess it's just to have the, the joke. I guess that Pepsi Free was probably just Diet Pepsi. It's probably Pepsi yeah. Max now. Or Pepsi, Pepsi mm. Sugar Free. Yeah, I don't know. thought it's an interesting little story about the, the clean iron brew, because we do love a little bit of iron brew news on the Swally. We do. Um... I mean, I was out for uh, dinner yesterday. Uh, we were out with an English couple. We were out with um, two Scottish girls that we're friends with and an English couple. And the, girl, the, the Scottish girls are from Glasgow. And they were like, and the, this English couple were they, they couldn't understand why Iron Brew was so important to us. You know what I mean? They were like, they're like, you know, why, why is it such a big deal? Because because I, I was complaining that Iron Brew tastes different now because they've changed the recipe. Yeah, but. The, but you can buy the 1910 recipe in mm. Scotland. We can have some of that when we're back in Aberdeen, Nicky. I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to try yeah. that yet. I haven't. I have seen it here as well. Oh, but I haven't. Um, I didn't try it. I purchased it. Um, but yeah, I'll have to try it when I'm back. Yeah. It's. Uh, I was. You know. I was like, look, it's it's important because you you grew up with it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like I know that. When I lived when I lived in England, there was a Aerated Waters company called Marshes that sold mm. that sold uh, their own version of Coke and like so they they bon Accords in Aberdeen. They had like their own Coke as well as their a couple of uh, proprietary drinks such as Moray Cup yeah. with the with the racially insensitive <laughs> label on the bottle. It took them an alarmingly long time to take away. <laughs> that we've adopted for our podcast logo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Taking it back. This, the sort of local drink there was something called Sass. And it's, it's short for sarsaparilla. It's fucking... Oh, okay. I mean, they fucking love it there. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. Is that not just like is that not just like American cream soda? No, it's not as sweet or, as American. No? It's it's a it's a lot more tart. I mean, I, I quite like American okay. cream soda. Um, it, it, this is it's a dark drink. It's the same sort of color as Coke, not quite as dark as Coke. Right. But yeah, I really fancy like a Coke or something now. <laughs> it get real cold, <laughs> really cold Coke. <laughs> Um, or Pepsi or something. <laughs> Sorry, all the all the talk of uh, the fizzy drinks is giving you that. Sorry about that. I think I've got a kind of iron brew in the fridge. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so what is your second story this week? What else have you seen well, uh, in Scotland? When I saw this story, I thought of you because I know that you are a fan of oh. the wrestling. Yes. This is again from the Scottish Sun on the first of May, and the headline reads: Drew Paldy, Scots wrestling star Drew McIntyre, for unlikely tag team with Lewis Capaldi and fans oh, wow. are fans are saying the same thing oh yeah the Scots duo sent fans into a, a frenzy this afternoon when the grappling giant Drew released the shock image on social media. I mean, I can describe the shock image. It's Drew McIntyre with his shirt off standing 
in a fairly standard wrestler pose, looking mean, flexing his muscles, and uh, Lewis Capaldi sort of copying the stance, but he's wearing a jumper. <laughs> not quite sure. <laughs> Thank <what's>, God. <laughs> not quite sure what's so uh, shocking about it. Rangers daft Drew, who stands yeah. at six foot five and weighs nearly twenty stone, dwarfed his someone you loved compatriot and Celtic fan pal in the snap shared after today's Old Firm derby, uh, which ended one one. And despite Drew, thirty six recently being linked with a huge match against boxing king Tyson Fury, he teased an alternative option involving Lewis, 25, that took people by surprise. He said, name this hot new tag team. And as expected, fans did not disappoint with their hilarious suggestions. One follower suggested the Young Jocks, while another liked Mm. the Highland Boys, which both sound like a sort of... uh, kind of northeast of Scotland uh, Chippendales act. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they certainly do. Yeah. Um, another voted for Beauty and the Beast. I'm not sure wh- which one is Aww. which there. Uh, and a fellow fan gave the name another Scottish flavour with, uh, you'll, you'll like this one, the Iron Druze. Oh, I like that. Yep. I like that. That's Iron good. Druze. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lastly, Brave Fart. Not a lot of thought went to that one. And no. uh, Drew Paldi seemed to go down well. The potential yeah. little and large pairing comes after Drew from Air. I thought he was from Dunfermline, Drew McIntyre, for some reason. No, it's from Air, Scotland. He's been heavily linked with a massive fight against Tyson Fury. Fury called out Drew as he vowed to knock him out in a WWE super fight in the UK. The WBC heavyweight champion extended his undefeated round last month by finishing D- uh, Dylan White in the sixth round at Wembley. And while the 33-year-old insists that he now plans to retire from the sport, he isn't given up on fighting completely. He revealed in a ring afterwards that he plans to face UFC heavyweight champion Francis Naganu in a special rules bout. But he also took the time to call out Drew as he admitted his hope to appear at the WWE's massive show at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff in September, which is called WWE Clash at the Castle. The first event of that size to be held in the UK in more than 30 years. Fury first appeared in WWE in 2019, defeating Braun Strowman at a show in Saudi Arabia before appearing at a show in Manchester a few weeks later. He said, I know Drew McIntyre's been saying a lot of things about me. I have to knock him out like I did his pal. I'd love to be at Cardiff and be back on the centre stage in the UK, especially for the wrestling. I enjoyed it the last time in Saudi Arabia. It was fantastic. While Drew fired back, biggest win of his career and he can't keep my name out of his mouth. You have our number, Tyson Fury. So there we go. A bit of a double story there. That is a, a powerhouse of, of meeting there in <laughs> terms of McIntyre and Capaldi. <laughs> you know something, I, before we start the pod, before we start recording, listener, we just quickly give ourselves just a, a little snippet of what the news story is about, just so we, because it has happened that we've had the same story yeah. a couple of times and we then one of us has left like, oh shit, I've only got one story now today. So we don't spoil anything. We just give us a little snippet of what it could be about. And you said, oh, it's about Drew McIntyre. And I, for some reason, heard you say Peter Capaldi. That oh. met. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's going to be interesting. And then when you said, oh, Lewis Capaldi, I was like, ah, yeah, that makes a lot more sense, I would think, that uh, <laughs> yeah. he would be meeting uh, Lewis Capaldi. Uh, yeah, I, hey, great, good on both of them. I, I don't mind, you know, Lewis Capaldi's music isn't for me, but mm. I, I think he's very funny on 
Twitter and and stuff. I think he's he doesn't take himself too seriously, and I'm you know good on the lad as well. I think he's he's really funny. Yeah, he's done really well. And and Drew as well. You know, Drew. It's quite a a wonderful you know success story that he had as well in terms of he was in the WWE long time ago. I guess kind of took his eye off the ball. Wasn't doing too great. Got released, and then that was kind of the kick up the arse that he needed. Mm. So he went and wrestled for a couple of years on independent scene built a name back up for himself and kind of forced the wwe to rehire him and within like two years or so he was the winning the title at wrestlemania and stuff and winning the royal rumble you know it's so good on him it's a, a very good success story for him to show that hard work and dedication pays off yeah and he's gonna have a square goal with tyson fury potentially as well <laughs> well yeah I mean that's that's a lot of shite to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I think I did watch the yeah the the fight that you had with Braun Strowman, and it was yeah it was a pile of shit. It's just yeah. uh, he's he's too too big. He's a great boxer though. Mm. But yeah, he's yeah. he's too big to uh, and and lumbering around in a. A wrestling ring. I mean, the, the WWE have been doing that since the very beginning, haven't they? Like they had the the old American footballer, the refrigerator. I mean, he he was in an early event, famously Mr. T. Yeah, bizarrely, WrestleMania one. Bizarrely, Cindy Lauper as well. Yeah, <laughs> weirdly enough. Yeah, she was she was a big part of um, WrestleManias and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, they've always had. Um, you know, there was a big angle in the Attitude Era with Mike Tyson. Um, mm. He was at a WrestleMania. There was Floyd Mayweather fought the Big Show as well. There's, there's yeah, there's quite a lot of connections with with boxing and uh, the the crossover there. Yeah. So it's quite a, a regular thing. Yeah. Well, let's see. I'm sure. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure Tyson Fury if he doesn't want to box I kind of get the feeling that he would not like to be completely out of the public eye and I suppose yeah being in the rest like being a regular in the wrestling is probably a good way of um, keeping his profile up without r- risking being like sort of punch drunk <laughs> do you know what I mean um, yeah I don't know what he'll... I completely agree with you. I think he will end up doing something that keeps him in the public eye. Who knows what? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up going into politics or something. He yeah. strikes me as the type that would, like, turn his hand to something like that. But, yeah, you're right. He'll probably keep himself in in and around in the yeah. public eye for a while before uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. deciding on what he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's my second and last story this week. What's your, what's your next one? Well, I saw this list in the Daily Record and I thought, you know what, that's a, I, I like that. That's something that would be quite interesting and maybe for our international listeners as well that would be. So it's a, a list of things that yeah, was on Reddit, the things that Scotland has, but England doesn't. So the article reads, Scotland has a lot of great things going for it. And a recent Reddit thread sprung up asking people what we have in Scotland that our neighbours in England don't. The answers were a fascinating insight into the difference between the two countries and showed that sometimes we do have it just a little bit better. And sometimes we have it worse, for example. (laughs) One particular Highland terror and Scotland's most fearsome natural predator, the Midgie, being a perfect example. Mm. So here are some of the best responses that were pointed out on Reddit. So I think this will be a good uh, thing. So things we have in Scotland, Greg, that you can't get in England. Number one, tablet. (laughs) Everyone's favourite treat from your granny. So I I think we might have discussed tablet before in this well. The only way to describe it is probably the sweetest thing known to man. (laughs) It's basically just... it's just like pure sugar and butter, isn't it? Yeah, or... it's a bit like fudge. Only it's, um, I think it's a lot denser. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's quite, 
no, mm. is it as dense? But I mean, literally, you can when you it's see harder. when you see tablet on a plate, you can feel your teeth starting to rot. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's I, I, yeah. Tablet's too sweet for me. I, I'm not a big fan of it. You can have a bit, but then you're like, oh, it's it's that's too much. You yeah, know, it's just you're basically just sucking on sugar. Yeah, doing that basically one square uh, like a, a, a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's plenty. Number two, of course, the old favorite square sausage. Mm. Uh, it's just whatever you call it. It fits perfectly on a morning roll, and it's the best breakfast around. I disagree. It gives me heartburn. It's fucking heartburn. shite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> third, Greg, is something that we've mentioned quite a few times on the Swally before. Uh, well, it's a food stuff as well. Can right. you guess what it is? Haggis. No, go so macaroni pies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Scottish fusion food at its finest. Uh, the next one on the list, Scotch pies. So you can see where we're going here on this list. Yeah, yeah we'd like our, like our pies. <laughs> junk food in Scotland. Yeah. yeah, Scotch pie, the ultimate comfort Scottish food. Next on the list, free prescriptions, mm. which I think is a, a very valid point. In Scotland, yeah. you can get free prescriptions, but uh, you don't get that in England. Yeah, free, free drugs in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, free drugs. <laughs> uh, followed up with free university tuition, yeah. which again is something that is wonderful that you get in Scotland that you don't get in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, another freebie that you can get in Scotland that you can't get in England, which was just introduced, I think, last year, is free sanitary products for women, which also, again, is a wonderful thing that you can get in Scotland because it's something that is deemed to be obviously essential. Mm-hmm. Amazing tap water, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very yeah. true, yep. And I have to agree, Scotland does have amazing tap water. Um, England, not so much, no. Uh, something that I'm going to be stocking up a lot on when I'm back in Aberdeen is buttries or rowies. Um, it says Scots from the northeast always miss these when they leave Scotland, and I completely agree. I thought you were going to say you're going to stock up on tap water. Just say fucking no. I'm not going to stock up on tap water. That would just be ridiculous. I, I'm not taking a case with me, and I can't take liquids on the plane. So, <laughs> but I totally would. Yeah. yeah. Now this, there was a bit of debate on this next one. Um, so tatty scones. Mm. Um, apparently, you can get them in England, but they are known as potato cakes which doesn't sound as good tatty scone sounds a lot better there yeah the second last on the list is something now i would say this is more of a edinburgh thing but it's chippy sauce mm. which is it's an edinburgh thing it's, it's like it's basically like brown sauce and vinegar kind yeah. of mixed together isn't it like watery thing, brown yeah. sauce yeah um and then the last one on the list which no explanation is needed proper mountains <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Proper mountains. <laughs> there was only two bad things on the list, which were midges, which you don't get an English said. Uh, I think an Englishman may have created Scotland and realised he made it too beautiful, so made the weather shit in the winter, and the moments it's nice, he made midges come out. <laughs> It'd be true. And unsurprisingly, one of the other things that people complained about, which it says, this does my head in, I can't understand it, is a curfew on buying booze in shops. Yeah. Because he says, I can understand sales not starting before 10am, but none after 10pm is pretty annoying. Surely you could just push it to midnight. Yeah. Um, and the yeah the last thing that is on the list which was surprising is something again I know you've discussed Greg on the Swally is well-fired rolls oh yeah, yeah and he said they did try it in England 
and it actually made the newspapers. Uh, <laughs> they called out a baker who they said was trying to sell burnt rolls. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, well-fired rolls, again, I think is more of a, a Glasgow yeah. thing for me. It's yeah, just it a, a slightly crispy, crisper roll. Or yeah, and the thing burnt. is, you know, this undoubtedly that well-fired rolls were created by mistake. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Somebody has, yeah. somebody has burnt... Some normal rolls, like oh fuck's yeah. sake, and then tried it and thought that actually tastes no bad. <laughs> then yeah. a quick wave of the marketing magic wand before you know where you are. It's just, it's just, it's part of the part of the public psyche. So, so, what, so yeah, was was somebody saying there that a, an English guy must? It was a joke that he must have come and created midges <laughs> to like ruin the summer. Is that what he said? Uh, he's saying that. Um, oh no, sorry, I I misread that actually. He said, um, as an Englishman, oh. I think God create God created Scotland, realised he'd made it too beautiful, right. so he made the weather shit in the winter, and the moment the nice weather comes out, then the midges arrive. Which, yeah, is a, a big problem in Scotland. <laughs> the midges. It's not, uh, they're not the nicest. Oh, and sorry, I've missed uh, the very last thing, and this is something, this is a word that I use a lot and I only realised a couple of years ago that it's a Scottish word. Right. And it doesn't get used anywhere else. And it's the word out with. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Surprising, isn't it? Yeah. Someone pointed it out to me. They went, what? That's not a word. And if you type out with into like word or something, it comes up as a spelling mistake. Mm. Now, I, I think that is such a useful word. Like, it's, it's out with the realms of possibility that it's not a proper word. But yeah. apparently it's a Scottish word. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Who knew? We do now, and so do you listeners. Yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was just a, a nice little list of stuff. Mm. I mean, is there anything else? I, I Similarly to what we were discussing earlier, you know, not to make you um, crave the can of iron brew you've got in their fridge even more, but, you know, when I lived in England for a year, it, it was always kind of a joke in, in my office that I would come in every morning with a can of iron brew and a copy of the Daily Record because I, I passed a shop on the way to work that sold it, and I'm like, well, it's what? It's my treats from Scotland. My treats. It's kind of, yeah, but it's a, it's a have the iron brew at lunchtime and read the Daily Record like on the way to work and have a read of it on a break or something. It was, yeah. What's, what's so wrong about that? Nothing at all. And I mean, obviously, Iron Brew isn't drank as regularly as it was 20 years ago by you and I. I, don't, I wouldn't have no, thought. No. Um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, although that's a very good list of things that we have in Scotland that England doesn't have, but there's also a whole host of things that were created in Scotland or by a Scottish person. The, um, mm. the, 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 the television, for example, created by John Logie Baird yeah. in the uh, 1920s, early 30s. The telephone, yeah. although it was created in America, but it was Alexander Graham Bell, um, who's Scottish. Penicillin was invented in Glasgow by Alexander Fleming, and not a moment too soon, I would imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, hundreds of stuff. Yeah, hundreds yeah of, of course. Very famous, of course. We covered this a few um, episodes ago when we spoke about it on The Big Man. You, know, oh, you get yeah. any two Scots in a room and they're going to be discussing <laughs> yes, right, yeah. famous right. inventors and inventions from, yeah. from Scots. Yeah. Why, yeah. why Scotland is the best place in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apart from apart from midges, of course. Yeah, yeah. midges. But we do like to, well we do like to blow our own trumpet. <laughs> yeah, well-fired rolls, yeah. I've never been a huge fan of a well-fired roll, I have to be honest. I like a soft Especially roll. with a square sausage in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, never mind. Okay. Um, uh, does that cover the news for this week, or is there anything else that you'd no, like to, to that, cover? No, that covers the news this week. Okay. 
All right then, um, before we go on to what we're going to be talking about on the Swally this week, let's have a little word from our sponsors. There's a place that's so easy to reach by road, air and rail, over 500 companies have made it their home. What's it called? There's a place where so many people are settling, 1,000 new homes will be built by 1990. What's it called? There's a place where the future is so bright, over 40 new companies moved in there last year. What's it called? There's a place where people can enjoy golf, windsurfing, snooker, swimming, winter sports, squash, What's sailing, it rugby, called? Cumbernauld! A new generation. Okay, so it was your choice this week, Nikki. So why don't you introduce the film that you've chosen? Oh, thank you very much, Greg. Yes, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I want to hear your thoughts. So I um, want to discuss Get Duked, which is a 2019 black comedy directed and written by Neenan Doff. It tells the tale of four schoolboys, Dean, Duncan, Ian and DJ Beatroot, uh, who are taken to the Scottish Highlands. I don't know how I'm going to get through this without laughing at DJ Beatroot all the time. Um, <laughs> who are taken to the Scottish Highlands to achieve the Duke of Edinburgh Award. But the trip turns into a fight for survival when the boys become the target of vicious hunters and the Duke. Uh, also featuring suspected pedos and a vicious <laughs> bread thief. It was released on Amazon Prime in 2020. The original title for this, and I believe it was released as this just before in, in the States, I think, was um, Boys in the Wood. Right. But it was changed Yeah, it was changed at the last minute, and it's still in the end credits as Boys in the Wood. Um, it was changed when John Singleton passed away, right. uh, just before it was came out, so they changed it to, to Get Juked. So, it stars uh, Samuel Bottomley, Viraj Duena, uh, Lewis Gribbon, uh, Ryan Gordon, and of course, Eddie Azard, Kate Dickey, Georgia Glenn, and James Cosmo. Since this is a very recent film, I should warn you, we will be talking about this and spoiling it, um, because it only came out, I think, in 2020 on Amazon Prime. So if you haven't seen it yet, please do yourself a favour, go and watch it, and then come back and listen to what we have to say about it. So, Greg, when I mentioned this last week, you said you had never even heard of this. So no. what did you think about Get Juked? Uh, I thought it was really funny, uh, to be honest. I thought it was really, really funny. I thought that the four young actors that play the leads were really good. You know what I mean? Really, really good. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was good. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what else to say. I, I was, I was su- quite surprised, to be honest. I, I don't know how, how it got past me, because I like to think that I've, I got my finger on the pulse of such things, but um, that sketch juked and caliber they both mm. <laughs> passed me by um, without me realizing until you brought it to my attention. But oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, I think that the, the young guy in particular, Samuel Bottomley, who plays um, who plays uh, Ian, Ian, he's particularly good. I thought, yeah, I, I think he is uh, he's got quite a bit of a, a acting behind him. If mm. you you know when you look at the round to be he's done quite a lot. Yeah. Um, although incredibly, who would have thought? But Lewis Gribbon, who plays Duncan, this is his third appearance on the Swally in the last four episodes, I think. Right. Um, because he's he's in T two Train Spotting. He plays one of the dealers that Spud buys drugs off of at the start. Right. Yeah, and he's in Our Ladies. He plays the 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 patient in Lourdes. That right. Okay. Is, yeah. So a right. couple of 
blinking you miss it rolls but yeah he's in there but yeah you're right samuel bottomley he's um he's fantastic and of course he's he's english but yeah puts on quite a, a convincing um accent as yeah. um as ian the scottish accent yeah i i really like the dynamic with the four boys so the you have the three guys dean duncan and dj beetroot who are they're all at the same school mm. and they get forced to go to the duke of Edinburgh board for Duncan and Dean set fire to the the school toilet because Duncan's trying to light a shite. (laughs) (laughs) And then DJ Beatroot decides to film a hip-hop video whilst it's it's burning behind him. So they they get forced to go on this Duke of Edinburgh award. Did you ever do Duke of Edinburgh? No, uh, I think you might have cut it out, but the Duke of Edinburgh award came up a few episodes ago and I think I said that all the kids did Duke of Edinburgh award when I was at school were cunts. <laughs> now you you mean you may have taken it out. Um, watching this back, when I thought back to the Duke of Edinburgh <laughs> award at school, I th- I don't think those kids were cunts at all. In hindsight, I think because I don't recall ever being invited to do the Duke of Edinburgh award. Mm. I think it was like it it tended to be kids who sort of conversely and the complete opposite to what the boys are are like in this film. But it tended to be kids who were quite academic and were yeah achieving quite well. Um, I was always fairly middle of the road <laughs> at school. Like the, the subjects I liked, I, I did all right in. The subjects I didn't like, I did fucking terribly in. So I just didn't try very hard. So yeah, so I never did it. Did you do it? No, I didn't no. do it. You, no. no. I, 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 pretty much as you explained, it was all the really, I, well, I, I fucking hate camping and stuff. So, <laughs> and that, that, that's what it seemed to me it was all about. I mean, for for international listeners, Duke of Edinburgh Awards, I mean, it is a worldwide thing, but yeah. it, for me, it did seem it's all about teamwork and doing like orienteering and foraging and yeah. working. It just didn't appeal to me in the slightest. So I, no, I never did it. I couldn't be arsed with that. Rather spent my weekends drinking in the park and <laughs> getting off with girls rather than <laughs> going camping with teachers and stuff. No, fuck that. No interest in it at all. But yeah, so they're forced to, to go and do the Duke of Edinburgh Award, um, but they're joined by Ian, who is not at school with them. Mm-hmm. He's, he's homeschooled. But uh, you do kind of think in the beginning that they are going to be, are these three going to bully him? Because the, yeah. the teacher does say to them, you know, you have to treat him, but they don't at all. Like They, they take him in yeah. straight away. And you know they're mucking around with him, and he's he's a little bit straight laced to begin with, but he um he comes out of his shell later on. But you just get the dynamic between the the four of them; it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way they bounce off each other, and they are all individual characters, uh, especially you know, especially DJ Beatroot, but you know, Dean <laughs> and Duncan, they're they're very good friends. Yeah. That's what this film is about as well, really, about uh, the difference in class and aspirations. You know, Dean, all he wants to do is go and work at the fish factory for six pound fifty an hour. That's you know packing fish, and that shows his aspirations in life. But of course, Ian, he's he's doing this so that he gets good grades for university, and then he can go to law school. But that's out with the the kind of perception of of Dean and definitely Duncan. And of course, DJ Beatroot's going to be a, a global hip-hop superstar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. It, I think what the film does well, it could have taken a lot of quite familiar tropes. You know what I mean? It could have been that, that sort of in-betweeners vibe. You know, uh, it, one guy always being the, the kind of butt of, of the jokes and things. But you know, like the, the little kind of introduction that we get to the three characters near the start of the film when the teacher, uh, Mr. Carlyle, is asking them for their names. 
And um, DJ Beatroot said, yeah, and this clip was in the trailer as well. And he has to go over and tell him his real name. And it's like, was it William Devois or something like that? Yeah. And when he comes back and Duncan says, what did you, what did you say to him? So I, I told him to fuck himself. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, um, I guess I know that was in the trailer. The part that wasn't in the trailer that I liked seeing the full scene is when he, he says um, DJ Beatroot. He goes, "What's your what's your original name?" Because well, last week I was MC Dickfire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed, and Duncan both kind of nod at him like, "Yeah, yeah." Goes, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, and DJ Beatroot. Who? DJ Beatroot. Uh, can I have your real name, please? That is my real name. No, your original name. Well, I mean, last week I was MC Dickfire. <laughs> Dickfire. Uh, so it's just just that third one down there. William de Beauvoir. William de Beauvoir. Oh! What did you tell him? to go fuck himself. <laughs> so he's obviously changing his rap name every year, every week. Yeah. But, um, and it, that's what I, I really like about the film as well, as you say. It's, it's, they could have gone down these original the tropes of like, yeah. say, the in-betweeners or competing on, but they go all out in this. Mm. Like They really go for it. And I think you had to, because it, it wouldn't have been as funny if they hadn't just gone completely mental and yeah. balls to the wall. Yeah. And and they really do. And some of the people in this film, I read that the, the director, the very first person he cast was Kate Dickey. Right. And the reason he did that was because Kate Dickey is such a well-respected actress. Mm-hmm. And he knew if he could get someone like that, then it would be easier people, people taking this seriously as a film. Because he really wanted to make it as it turned out. You know, yeah, he, he wanted to make a sort of out there, totally insane comedy, but with a real cast. And I think that helped because he, he then attracted some, some wonderful actors. Yeah. Like fucking James Cosmo and Eddie Izzard. And, um, <laughs> so I, I think it was a very a good idea for him to do that. But they yeah. just go completely mental with it. And there's so many funny parts. And, and they, they don't shy away from, from saying things. You know, the ridiculousness of the police officers, which we'll come on to later. But it's, uh, yeah, it's really just brilliant the, the way they just absolutely go for it. And there's so many jokes that you can relate to as well, even <laughs> at our age and, you know, with the, the school boys. Yeah, how did you feel about seeing a respected character actor who's an everything Scottish, James Cosmo, dancing to the, the sounds of DJ Beatroot whilst, whilst supposedly on really strong Highlands, Highlands drugs. <laughs> I actually had to pause this film when it's it's the scene of the boys have just escaped the Duke and they're running and you see the tractor going past and James Cosmo has his headphones on <laughs> yeah. and he's singing, My dick is a Tyrannosaurus, <laughs> balls big like a bull, 100% Taurus. <laughs> that image, James Cosmo, I have seen so many films of his and wonderful character actor, as you say. That's probably one of the first images I'm going to think of now <laughs> when I think of James Cosmo. Is him driving the tractor. And the interaction he has with DJ Beatroot as well. What he's mm. doing, I, I love it. When he slaps the sticker on it, he's, oh, you wee shit. <laughs> yeah. And hands of the cd he's like oh it's a lovely crop you know a lovely vegetable beetroot <laughs> yeah. uh, it's wonderful and you have to think for for the actor uh virage uh, he must have been like i'm i'm acting with james cosmo and it's only yeah. really him that has interaction with cosmo and they yeah, have some right. they, they just have this beautiful kind of connection and relationship and it must have been amazing for him yeah. to be 
working with him on that level. Hey, you wee shit. Nothing to do with me, sir. Big country code fan here. Yeah. Take one of these. Dole piss beats this side of Kilmarnock. Spread the word with the other farmers, yeah? Oh, beetroot. DJ beetroot. I found it. It's a lovely crop. No, no, as in as in B E A T, beetroot, root of the beet. Proper clever, right? DJ beetroot. Yeah, and then they get to swap jumpers after the barn weave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gets that lovely cable yeah. and jumper. Yeah, and another farm site. Another funny line, <laughs> when um, near the beginning of the film, when he's complaining about his shoes and one of the boys, like Duncan, finds him <laughs> a pair of boots just the side of, like, hanging on a fence. And he's like, fence shoes? I'm not going to wear fence shoes. <laughs> funny. He's like slapping him on the back. Yeah, could you imagine if someone saw DJ Beatroot wearing fence shoes? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> So, where do you want to start in terms of the boys? I mean, uh, I think Dean and Duncan are quite easily done. And, and of yeah, course, yeah. we've kind of already touched upon Ian. And, well, I guess we've touched upon DJ Beatroot as well. Yeah. But um, uh, DJ Beatroot is an aspiring hip-hop star. Mm-hmm. He um, he went and toured America. Um, but it, just, <laughs> it was the two weeks that his mom and dad went to Disney World with him. And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that just happened at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So introduce the boys properly. We've got we've got um, Ian who <laughs> is homeschooled, a bit of a square peg. He says he says um, <laughs> I've never seen a murder before. I'm homeschooled, which made me fucking <laughs> spit my tea out. There's uh, there's Dean who has got no aspirations whatsoever. Would be would would have preferred to have been expelled from school rather than being punished. By doing this Duke of Edinburgh award, um, and then Duncan who <laughs> downloaded the terrorist. Oh no, no, Dean downloaded the terrorist handbook at Duncan's house. <laughs> Duncan's a wanted potential terrorist. <laughs> uh, yeah, the police are hunting a man under the name of Duncan Mach Donald. It's a wonderful. He's like, I downloaded it at Duncan's house. What? He's like, oh, your name's Duncan McDonald. You've got the most unterrorist name going. <laughs> and <laughs> cut to Kate Dickey. We're hunting Duncan Mach Donald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And then we've got the aforementioned. Uh, well, was it? Is it? What's his actual name? William. Uh, William de Beauvoir. De, William de Beauvoir. The... <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as DJ Beetroot, the root of the beats. Yeah, and, and they, you know, the the contention that the Duke of Edinburgh award is something being used to punish the boys. It's, it, it's, it sort of goes along with our personal feelings on the Duke of Edinburgh Award that we had when we were kids, you know. <laughs> the whole point is they've got to navigate their way, do a bit of teamwork, do some foraging, and of course their teacher drops them off in the, the minibus, and they have to find their way to a campsite that he is going to meet them at. But of course, it doesn't quite go to plan in terms of the, the trek there. Yeah, yeah. And they meet uh, the Duke, uh, played by Eddie Izzard, superstar, English comedian, and uh, I guess film star. He's done, a, he's done a lot of movies, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Is. <laughs> and um, he's joined by his wife a little later on, called the Duchess. Uh, both characters dressed exactly like the Duke of Edinburgh and the Queen. Whenever you see pictures of the Queen when she's at Balmoral and she's out in the 
fresh air. Yeah. Dressed exactly like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're they're hunting the boys. It's established early early on in the film that they've been killing people for a long time. That like we see all the missing people, all the all the missing persons posters all over the the kind of sign at the beginning of their of their walk. And obviously we see the bare feet of a dead body after DJ Beetroot turns down a lovely pair of fence shoes that he's been offered. And uh, yeah, it leads to it leads to the, the Duke and the Duchess pursuing our four heroes across our four well and equipped heroes across the Scottish countryside and through the Highlands. To have Eddie Izzard in this, as you say, because we are nineties comedy fans and yeah. you know, I had a couple of his videos and stuff and on VHS and yeah. I was a big Eddie Izzard fan. He's he's a, a, a brilliant comedian and he's such a, a way about him. There's there's a couple of parts in in the film that are just pure Izzard. And he's wearing a mask the whole time. Yeah. But it's kind of like a Zorro mask. But I think it's when later on in the film when the tables slightly turn and the boys are chasing them. Mm. And he kind of stops and adjusts his kilt and looks back at them and he goes, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just pure Izzard. But the one that gets me so... I, I, I was in hysterics is... Um, of course, the boys have their weapons later on, <laughs> yeah. as you say. But Duncan has this fork that he just keeps saying... It's, it's really sharp. It's a really sharp fork, and he does as he's having a little duel with Izard. He um he stabs him with a fork, and Izard just in the perfect Izard way comes out with a line: "My God, that fork is sharp." Yeah. And it's, it's just a beautiful callback to this. This it's been mentioned so many times that Duncan's got a sharp fork. It, it, I, I can only imagine Eddie Izard pulling it off that way. Just yeah. the, the way he says it, it's so funny. It's his line as well when they when they try to when the boys try to make a bomb out of a camping stove. To throw at him, <laughs> it's just it kind of pops. It, it lands beside him and just kind of pops on. And he, he says something yeah. like, "Oh, how thoughtful of you! Now, once I've shot you, I can have a lovely cup of tea or something like that." He says <laughs> before they before they manage to get him with the explosive. Is that when they get him with the explosive hash? Yeah, so we're never quite sure. I think it is tar because they yeah. do. Is it tar from a road that yeah, <laughs> Dean bought off his brother for fifty quid? Yeah, and I mean, I'll tell you what, the the Duke hunts them, and and he is an absolutely terrible shot mm. with his gun. Yeah, but the boys, fucking hell, they throw that camp stove and it lands just next to him, and then they make the the kind of trigger mechanism out of the map DJ Beatroot's CD and the hash. And they they just managed to, Duncan throws it right into the campfire and explodes. It's a, hey, those boys are a hell of a shot with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good moment. It's just after Dean's almost uh, blown his face off, trying (laughs) to smoke the... Uh, the tar slash hash <laughs> joint, <laughs> and that wonderfully leads to obviously when it explodes, it sets fire to the Duke's leg, and of course they they run off and they they finally get to meet their teacher again yeah. at the campsite, and they, they see that he's got a burn on his leg, so they instantly think he's the Duke. Yeah, <laughs> they're having a debate whether to uh, what to do about it, and you can kind of tell. I watched it a second time, and the joke's quite obvious when you're watching it then, but it's so funny when they're going round having the debate and like Duncan and it just cuts to the wide shot of Duncan starting up the minibus and just fucking runs over Mr. Carlyle the teacher (laughs) I did did wonder how they were going to sort of reconcile that 
And I got, I, I, yeah. to, to be honest, I thought it would transpire that he was involved with the Duke mm. and the Duchess. I thought that's how they would sort of reconcile it. I didn't, I didn't expect him to still be alive at the end of the <laughs> film. He's fucking, he's got, he's got Duncan's fork stuck in his chest. <laughs> he's fucking coughing up blood. <laughs> so they, to try and cover this up, they, they put him back in the van and get it up to the, the top of a hill. And the plan is to push it over so it explodes and stuff. Did you catch the line when Duncan's fiddling with his face? Is that what yeah. you do? I'm, I try to make it look sad so it looks like a suicide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to, to your point earlier on, like they don't... You know, they they don't sort of sanitize any of the humor at all. No, you know what I mean. It's it's sort of like I mean, like there's some really black moments of comedy, but not many blacker than that that little part that you just described there. <laughs> you know, to say it's such a sensitive subject, they're just like ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I think there's yeah, there's a lot of lines uh, like that. I think previously to that, they, they they managed to get through on the the phone to the police um, about the Duke. And they say that he's a pedo. And <laughs> Ian and Duncan have this wonderful exchange. If you can't say that, we don't know. Like, he might not be a pedo. Please, we're being chased by a psycho pedophile with a gun. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't go calling him that. What? We don't know if he's a pedophile. Everyone old and famous is a pedo. Well, you're 16, so that's to be fine. I'd be fine. You just can't call him a pedophile. Oh, hello, sorry. Yes, that's right. We've been chased by a psycho with a gun, but we're still trying to figure out if he fancies us. Better. We, we, we know that's going on. We, we, we're back at the police station where they've got a, a sort of swally-tally of crimes that they're supposed to be investigating with this bread thief right at the top. And then Kate Dickey keeps at it. Terrorists, paedophiles. <laughs> they end up looking for a gang of about 20 youths and hoodies at one point. Did you see all of the, when she's flicking through the, the blue boards to change the board, one of them just says arsehole. <laughs> we'll have to, we have to talk about Kate Dickey, uh, but I think we have, we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to give a little uh, to any listeners, this is the actor Kevin Guthrie, who plays PC Hamish in this film. And uh, for anyone that's not aware, Kevin Guthrie is is currently serving a prison sentence for a sexual assault that he was found guilty of. I think his participation in this film was very not heavily promoted in terms mm. of when it was released because of what he'd done. Now, we've covered... This is his fourth appearance on the Swally Craig, shamefully enough. We covered him on Sunshine on Leith, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this was prior to his conviction, so... We spoke about him quite a bit then. In Barney Thompson and uh, Two Doors Down, we didn't really talk about him as much. Mm. I, I think it's impossible not to talk about him in this film because, I, this is just to make this clear, we do not condone the crimes that he committed and I, I would like to talk about his performance, just, just only his performance in this film. And it's not related to our opinion or anything on Kevin Guthrie. I hope that's a good enough disclaimer, okay. Greg, as in yeah. we think, we, we like, we know he's a fucking beast. However, <laughs> he is fucking brilliant in this film. <laughs> Him and Kate Dickey together are, are brilliant. Just absolutely hilarious. Uh, obviously the two bumbling cops and of course, Brian Pettifer as yeah. the, the kind of third wheel. He's fucking brilliant. He's got like three lines, but he just kills <laughs> it. Um, Guthrie and Dickey are just a phenomenal double act as these, these idiot cops. But Guthrie's performance this is probably the best performance i've seen him in yeah, so yeah. far because he is 
genuinely fucking hilarious. And they're hunting down the, the terrorists, but they're also the biggest scourge of the their village is the bread thief who is <laughs> stealing all the bread. <laughs> yeah. And I love the I love the superintendent's little speech about they how there's babies that have never seen baguettes and all this Half the Highlands bread's gone missing. I've not had a ciabatta in weeks. Granary, seeded batch, pita, organic, raisin cashew, bloomer, gone. There's babies out there who've never even seen a baguette. My neighbour, who by the way fought in the war, had to spread jam on a dog biscuit yesterday. All the ducks are miserable. They're getting really vicious. Think about it. No toast means no butter. All the farmers have gone mental. It's a full-scale disaster. So stop daydreaming. Stop playing. TV cops. And that, that's the ridiculous thing. The, the, the biggest problem is, you know, they've got this terrorist zombies. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, the, the bread thief is what they need to solve. And that's when it does get quite ridiculous in terms of the yeah. film, but also genuinely quite believable in a way in terms of these two uh, bumbling cops of uh, yeah. Hamish Hamish and Morag and when they go looking for clues and they find DJ Beatroot CD and he says it's it's some kind of agricultural audiobook <laughs> yeah. and Dickie says no this is hip hop oh no not in the highlands <laughs> <laughs> So they, they they think that, that hip hop is this urban menace, and, and instantly that's when he delivers the line about um, I did a course on this. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for fifty black males wearing <laughs> yeah. hooded tops. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very good, and he's he's very very funny in it. And Kate Dickey, I mean, she she plays the part so earnestly and just so you know she's you know, like she's completely invested. There's no kind of wink to the camera. You know, or whatever. She's, you know, what I mean, just really funny. When they find, when they find the soup, and they think they the powdered soup, and they think it's drugs. And uh, Hamish puts some of these gums, and he's like, "It's it's heroin, but I think it's really heavily cut." And she's like, "Yeah, it's really heavily cut with something like maybe chicken." <laughs> Uh, as you say, she is completely deadpan in terms of her, her performance in this. And as you say, there's no wink, uh, at, at least with Guthrie. I think because he does take the, the rabbit psychedelic yeah. drugs, you can see him kind of give the little wink to the camera. Yeah. Uh, another great part is, you know, when they, they decide to go rogue from the superintendent and he storms out and just picks up the plant pot and smashes <laughs> yeah. it because they're going rogue. But Dickie just never breaks her stride. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, yeah, the, as you say, the earnest performance that she's giving in this never cuts from it at all. <laughs> Even when at the end, when she's telling the boys, you know, she's asking Dean if he's ever considered joining the force and stuff, yeah. it's all completely yeah. earnest and serious. Um, the, the other scene that I liked with the powdered soup is when, when Dean and um, Duncan decide that they have to they have to go and rescue Ian because he's one of them and all that after Ian's been captured by the Duke and the Duchess and um, they, they've been eating this powdered soup up until then and then they're, they're like psyching each other up to run out and go and rescue Ian and just before they run out like Dean leans down and does like a quick <laughs> quick line of soup <laughs> it's, it's like 
really fast. It's like a really fast little <laughs> cut before the the scene changes. It's just, it's just, and it gets. I think that's something this film does really, really well. It's these little, just almost corner of the screen little visual gags or little one-liners yep. and things. And you know, if you look at um, the director, you know, I think this is his Ninian Doff. It's his first mm. feature, but it's yep. like it's incredibly. Uh, confident, do you know what I mean? Like even like the 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 scenes when they're on like sort of special Highlands rabbit shit drug, you know, and it gets a bit psychedelic, I suppose, want of a better expression. And all all that like we were saying earlier, it could have been quite kind of by the numbers and a bit contrived and everything, but it's not. It just sort of it just kind of goes with with all the humour and. This, the way he's telling the story, etc. It's uh, it's really really good. I think he directed quite a lot of music videos, and yeah. I think built up a bit of a reputation and kind of knowledge. And mm. I think this film, I mean, we'll come on to to later in terms of that. It's quite obvious to see some of the influences in this. Um, I did watch a making of with it, and he went into quite a bit of explanation. Mm-hmm. But but um, I think did you see who was one of the main financiers for this film? Spider-Man getting it made. Spider-Man himself. Yeah. Yeah. Toby Maguire. Yeah. So I think when I watched the making of the the director did say that he basically had two ideas. It was a case of the the Duke of Edinburgh Mm -hmm. award that he he wanted to take inspiration from that. And then he came up with the idea of this, you know, the Duke hunting down the schoolboys. And and he thought that was a kind of hilarious thing. It very much feels like an Edgar Wright film. And Mm. that's a massive compliment, I think, because, you know, it it does feel a bit hot fuzz-esque. And Mm -hmm. there's a scene when Mr. Carlyle is explaining to the boys about the the route that they'll take on the Duke of Edinburgh Award. And it shows the map and it plots. And he's talking quite fast about, so you go around here, you do this, you do this, you do this. That felt very much to me like the Shaun of the Dead speech of the, okay, so we'll go and get mum, go and get Liz, we'll go, you know, go to the Winchester and have a pint. And how's that for a slice of fried gold? Very much felt that kind of style. And also a bit like uh, Taika Waititi as well, kind of uh, Hunt for the Wilder people. Yeah. uh, Had very strong kind of vibes. But I don't want to say like it's, it's, Oh, he's ripped them off. It's not. This is a, a very, his own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a very Scottish film as well. But it reminded me of that. But then, I, as I say, in saying that, I can't pay him a higher compliment than that because mm. I, I, I love those films. And for me, he just fucking nailed it with this film. I absolutely loved it in terms of the, the style and, and the jokes and stuff. So, yeah, I, high praise for that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really, uh, it's really, really good. And he said also in the making of that, I'll give you... He he spoke about casting James Cosmo. Uh, he's like, I, I, I couldn't believe I, I was getting James Cosmo. And having to kind of ask him to do this stuff, he's like, but he just absolutely went for it. He's like, we, you know, we played the music and he just went crazy in that barn. And he was dancing away and go mental. <laughs> and they had a little interview with James Cosmo. And he said, oh, yeah, no, um, really enjoyed it. And it was a sunny day. Uh, he <laughs> said, this is all I ask for on my rider is beautiful sunshine, yellow jelly beans, <laughs> and uh, square sausage for breakfast. So that's uh, apparently that's James Cosmo's rider, Greg. So square right. sausage for breakfast. Interesting, but obviously doesn't give him heartburn then. No, <laughs> um, but you know, as we said, we spoke about him earlier. But you know, he was seventy-two when he filmed this, hmm. and he's, as you say, he's eating psychedelic rabbit shite, which is. Apparently it was oatmeal and cocoa, so it was okay. Yeah. And um, it, he just looks like he's having the time of his life doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think I, I wasn't sure how, how to feel, like I said earlier. I wasn't sure how I felt about seeing James Cosmo uh, dancing to this, 
sounds of DJ Beatroot. And the thing is, is they, that scene when when he starts, when he sort, when DJ Beatroot puts on a sort of impromptu concert in the barn for all the farmers. Like again, that could have been quite a cringy scene, but because, but because of the way it's cut and it keeps cutting back to uh, what to Dean and Duncan eating powdered mm. soup, Ian trying to run away from the. From the Duke and the Duchess, that that strange little moment when he he thinks he's found a trap door and he breaks the lock and he opens it up and it's just like a <laughs> it's just a window Fake thing. Hatch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's it's it works. It actually works really really well, and it, you know it makes sense now that you said that he, the director used to um, used to be uh, he's directed music videos in the past because that 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 scene is. Saying is like a little two and a half minute, three minute music video, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, as you say, it could easily have not worked, but it does really work. Yeah. And as you say, I think it's a, a great a testament to the filmmaker as well, because a couple of minutes prior to that, you have DJ Beatroot leaving the rest of the gang and he goes off into this barn and they turn around like it's him it's him and you're thinking yeah. oh shit yeah. he's in trouble here it's, the other boys are going to have to save him but no it turns out that he's he's well quoted yeah they've been uh, listening to his CD and they, they are big fans of DJ Beatroot <laughs> as you say the concert he gives is just like a music video but it works it, it almost shouldn't work but it really works yeah <laughs> I think the um, the other big star of the film is the minibus, which yeah. I, now well, obviously we're going to massively spoil the ending here. But obviously we see the minibus going; it doesn't work when they try and push it off the cliff to get rid of Mister Carlyle. It just ends up rolling back down the hill. Yeah, and of course Duncan says, "Ah, well, Britain's an island; it'll fall off a cliff eventually." Yeah. <laughs> and you do see the minibus pop up again later on in terms of when you see Hamish and Morag in the car, mm. and they're. T- Morag's <laughs> talking about paying attention. You just see the minibus behind them wiping out a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> As you say, another little visual gag that you yeah. miss if you're not paying close attention. Yeah. So at the end of the film, the, the, the boys have, are confronted by the Duke and Duchess and the um, lovely impassioned speech by Dean, which we've come back to, but they, they end up calling for reinforcements and effectively they're having a firing squad to kill the boys. And I genuinely was like, well, I guess Cosmo and the farmers are going to show up and yeah, save them. Like, yeah, because I, I can't think there's there's too many of them. It's not like they backfire. I I genuinely would never have guessed that the mini bus was just going to come out of nowhere and flat. And it's so instant and yeah. sound. I mean, did it take you by surprise? Yeah, totally. It was it was it was almost like a kind of Monty Python moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was it. Cause I was thinking to myself, you know, like I said before, how are they going to reconcile the killing of the teacher, Mister Carlyle, and ha- and have the boys come out of it still as heroes? Because Ian's like the only one who's concerned about that through the whole film. <laughs> the other three are just fucking <laughs> moved on immediately. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so yeah, I I thought maybe the farmers would come or. Or something like that, um, and then you know, this minibus just completely because there's no like sound cue or anything. They're just all posing for a photograph, and then the minibus like crushes them all. And then, and then poor Mister Carlyle is exposed as the bread thief because like he's got fucking <laughs> all the all the bread in the back of the minibus. I I just genuinely love the the ridiculous humor of this. Having a you know, if you're trying to explain this, to someone there's, there's a bread thief, but it just it fucking works in this. And 
again, once they've Mr. Carlyle is kind of reanimated after they, <laughs> yeah. they reanimate him with the chicken soup, <laughs> and he's effectively telling the boys they're fucked because he's gonna, you know, you killed me. Yeah. And then Dickie and Guthrie come in, and Guthrie, you know, have, have you seen fifty guys in yeah. hoodies, uh, terrorists playing hip hop and? Guthrie delivers the line and watch out they might be paedophiles it's just absolutely ridiculous but it's just so funny and yeah when they find the bread god uh, Brian Pettifer's character I can't remember is it um, it's Dougie sorry Dougie, um, yeah. he'll be so delighted that the <laughs> the bread he can have a, he can have his proper sandwich again when he, when he discovers that the bread thief is, has struck in the station break room he's like oh yeah oh yeah bastard <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I say, he's only got a few lines. I think that's, you know, one of them. I think his other one is, but what about the bread thief? And when the superintendent's there and he's just looking at the, the kind of board and he's like, they've let the bread trail go cold. <laughs> it's yes. just <laughs> beautiful way he delivers it. Oh, he's so good. He is a fucking national treasure, Brian Pettifor. He's so good. Yeah, um, my daughter and I were watching his episode of Still Game the other night when he plays oh, yeah. the recently widowed guy, I can't remember his name, and the Jack and Victor are yeah. worried that it's, it's, it's got that great scene when Victor first pretends that he's dropped a pan of piss on Jack, um, <laughs> and then he accidentally drops an actual pan of piss on him. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my daughter was uh, killing herself laughing at it, so she was. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, so it all works out well. Uh, mm. The cat's a bread thief. You know, the boys are all going to get medals because they think that they've caught the terrorists as well, which is yeah. all the, the kind of gentry underneath. But, yeah, before they get wiped out, Dean does deliver this beautifully impassioned speech because, and I think that's why this film it also has a, a real heart to it as well because throughout the whole film he's just determined that he's he's just going to go and work in the fish factory for six pounds fifty an hour and mm-hmm. pack fish. But after the battle with the Duke and the Duke gives this speech and then Dean just fights back saying that, you know, the planet's fucked because of you cunts and, you know, we're going to mm. have to go and live on Mars and all about society and and when Morag says to him about the, you ever thought about joining the force? He's like, oh, I'm thinking I might go into politics. Like, yeah. like oh, wow. That's uh, fucking brilliant. That's a, uh, what a turnaround <laughs> yeah. in the last, you know, bit of time. <laughs> so I'm just reminded of another uh, joke that I was surprised <laughs> that they decided to do. And I'm always surprised because, like, you know, we're always being told that we're living in this cancel culture um, and all that sort of stuff. But when uh, DJ Beatroot has got the Duchess's sword and um, he won't give it back, she says, she says, the Duke says, bad form. She's like, yes, yeah, bad form, Mowgli. <laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised that. And apparently, again, watch the making of. And it was actually, that wasn't in the script. It was the actress, Georgia Glenn, <laughs> right. that said this. She said to the director, like, I feel like I should say something really offensive to him. Mm. You know, in that moment, it's the type of thing we'd say. And apparently she just improvised that, like, Mowgli. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's, yeah, I'm I'm quite surprised that uh, they Mm. they, um, got away with that. And of course, the the other part is the, um, which is is great, the, the one they're speaking about orienteering. And Duncan's like, you yeah. can't say that, DJ Beatroot. So how are we going to find the cops? Like, Look, you're the one who got us lost. No, I'm not. You're just lousy orienteering. Whoa, did you just call me a lousy oriental? Orienteering. Well, I'll find the way. The old word is very offensive, Ian. 
What are you in tears Stop in? saying it, bruv. Well, just vibe it out. That's what the Duke of Edinburgh Award is all about. No, the Duke of Edinburgh Award is about orienteering. Maybe you should think a bit more about audience feelings. Thank you, Duncan. Kind of. Look, I'm not Chinese. So that makes it double racist, really. You're not Chinese. Yeah, quite surprised at some of the uh, the stuff that they, uh, they they put in this. But it, it, again, it, it works. It's kind of, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And there's never anything sexual or, you know, you asked if it was okay to watch it. Did you watch it with your daughter? No, I didn't. Um, because I had to, it wasn't on Amazon Prime here. And it wasn't oh. in the, yeah, not a lot of movies are, to be honest. And it wasn't in. I, che- I checked, thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you, you you can't even rent it. It said um, it was there, but it said this this movie is currently unavailable. So I don't know if it's maybe the Guthrie effect that Amazon are maybe taking it down for a while and they're going to put it back up. But I don't know because you watched it on Amazon. Did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Yeah, yeah. Also, that can't yeah. be. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I watched it on the website that the debt collector was on. Uh, it seems to okay. be working now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just watched it on my phone um, rather than watching it on the telly. But I might better see it. I think she'll. I think she'll quite like it. She likes that sort of silly humour, you know. The, the only thing that I, because you asked me that, and I ended up watching it again to just kind of finalise my notes. And the only thing I could see that might cause slight embarrassment would be DJ Beatry rapping about his dick. Yeah. And <laughs> even then, it's a bit of a, a short kind of part yeah, there's nothing yeah. else in it you know there's nothing sexual there's the odd swear word as i said to you they do mention pedo quite a lot um, yeah yeah <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, i mean even when they're when mr carlisle when the, the minibus turns up again duncan says to him uh, you know we're so sorry we genuinely thought you were a psycho pedo <laughs> yeah. and but yeah the boys all get uh they get away they get their duke of edinburgh award as well and i i thought that was quite a out no, the very end quite a nice bit when they see the girls who are yeah. obviously off to go to the Duke of Edinburgh Award. They give them the sword, the yeah. rifle. They show them the farm side logo. Yeah. You see the shadowy figure. Oh, no, of course, Duncan gives them the fork as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you see a figure at the top of the hill. So there's obviously more yeah, yeah. hunters out there, but the Duke's obviously been killed. But there's there's more out there ready to snare the missing, yeah, well, yeah. Snare, snare the kids. Maybe there'll be a, a girl's get juke too, perhaps. Well, that did cross my mind when I saw that. I was like, ah, here's the sequel um, yeah. coming up. But I don't know how you could... Well, you could probably do it. You know, Our Ladies was absolutely fantastic. So I think yeah. you, you probably could do it. But we probably wouldn't mention the pedo jokes. And Kevin Guthrie <laughs> definitely won't be in the sequel, that's for yeah. sure. I don't, think, I don't think we'll be seeing Kevin Guthrie on our screens again, ever. Um no, I did Maybe. notice on his Wiki, on his Wikipedia it does say years active and it ends at 2021. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's yeah, he'll be done. Yeah, he's fucked up. <clears throat> um yeah. All right, shall we put get juked through our Swally Awards? Okay, yes. Well, let's run it through the Swally Awards. What have we got first, Greg? Okay, so well, the first two on the list, I don't think we can do because my first one is the Bobby the Barman's. What was your favourite pub in the film? And it's one yeah. of the it's one of the few things we've covered that doesn't have a pub in it. So I mean, we could we could count the the barn. The barn. I, yeah. I don't know. It's the only thing. But yeah, it's not a proper pub. So nah. The Ewan McGregor Gratuitous Nudity Award, there's no no nudity, nope. gratuitous or otherwise in the film. Nothing at all. Duncan's about to take his cock out to piss on the electric fence, but <laughs> thankfully right. Ian stops him and tells him to just touch it instead. <laughs> so <laughs> And then the, the next one is quite an easy one. So the James Cosmo Award for being in everything Scottish kinda has to go to James Cosmo, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I mean I, 
I, I give a shout out to Brian Pettifer as well because yeah. if you if you look at his IMDb, that is fucking impressive, and he yeah. has been in everything Scottish. But then Cosmo again, it always amazes me when you look at IMDb, and you know we obviously look at IMDb a lot for the podcast to to just see what people have been in and stuff, and you're thinking, okay, so even then I'm looking at like Brian Pettifer and. As I say, he's been in you know, a lot mm. of Scottish stuff. And you're like, Jesus, he's been around for so long. You know, he's mm. in 121 acting credits. And then yeah. you look at James Cosmo and you're like, he's got 216 acting credits on IMDb. Like Cosmo must be up there with one of the, the highest acting credits yeah. on and he's, 216 he's been, things he's been in. He's been acting, he's been acting since the mid-60s, Cosmo. You know, yeah, just uh, untold uh, amount of uh, appearances. And the thing is, like, yeah. you know, he, he he does everything. I guess he 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 was in Game of Thrones, and I think he was in the first maybe one and a half seasons, and a really important role in that as well. He's in the Outlaw King. He plays Robert the mm. Bruce's dad and the outlaw king we have to we might have to do that one at some point in the future yeah but then you know he takes i don't imagine that this probably wasn't a particularly high budget this get juked i wouldn't have thought no he's quite happy just keep his eye in do a little a little comedy role you know person done a comedy role for a while i know but he's already got like um he's got two credits this year already and he's got four upcoming projects right one of which he's the main character you know the guy just doesn't stop yeah at all i'll need to check if any of these are kind of scottish i don't know um and we'll see if we can include them on the podcast but yeah i, I think it it has to go to to cosmo since the award's named after him yeah okay the francis begbie award for gratuitous swearing quite a lot to choose from uh there is yeah there was quite a lot of swearing in this what did you go for in the end the <laughs> I went with um and I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but there's the two when they're talking about weapons and we don't have any weapons and DJ Beatroot produces the sword and um and Dean produces the rifle and he goes and a massive fuck off gun which <laughs> made me laugh. And then so I, after Ian's had sort of shouted out the sword, the gun and Duncan's fork, Duncan's like, Yeah, let's fucking do this <laughs> So it's just, I don't know why, just really maybe maybe chuckle. I liked Cosmo's, we've already mentioned Cosmo's, hey, you be shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd loved, as you mentioned, Brian Petty first. Oh, you bastard. As he yeah. finds out he's been struck by the bread thief. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did particularly like uh, the, the woman that Cosmo's, I don't know if it's his wife or his partner, if it's right. Mrs. Farmer, when she's sat and they're speaking to DJ Beatroot and they offer him the rabbit shit. And she says, uh, it's, it's local rabbit shite. They really get you well fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And I just... <laughs> Yeah. Why do you, I, like, why, I like that. Why do you think it's called the Highlands? Okay, next end, the Jake McQuillan Tease Out Award. What did you have for this one? Um, I, I went with anything involving the minibus, basically. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the fact the minibus wipes out the sheep and it wipes out the all of the, the guys at the end yeah. and then of course it's involved in um mr carlisle's suicide so um <laughs> it's because he looked so sad it's uh so I, yeah i went with basically anything involved with the minibus this is the tea suit what about yourself well i went with the bus landing on all the bad guys at the end yeah so i did because it was so unexpected oh, yeah. you know um <laughs> 
archetypal Scottish moment. So I've I've gone with quite a pedestrian choice, I think. Okay, I, well, what did you go for? Uh, I I went with the fact that um, Dickie and um, Guthrie's characters were called Hamish and Morag. Yeah, but. I also went with, um, there's one point that I think is Dean calls Duncan an utter fanny. And <laughs> I, I thought that was a very Scottish thing to say. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, what about yourself? I, I went with the Scottish uh, police Land Rover Defenders. It just feels awfully, it just feels awfully like sort of Scottish countryside, you know, to me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good shout, actually. And then the last one, so the Sean Connery Award, who got to go home and fuck the prom queen, uh, which is our way of saying who won the movie. Who did you have? I picked some of the boys initially, and then you think who to pick. You know, initially it was DJ Beatroot because he is fucking brilliant. Then I'm thinking, but Eddie is hard so good. And then I'm like, oh, but mm. Dickie and Guthrie are really good. I can't give it to to Guthrie though, obviously no, for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. I'm sorry, but just James Cosmo for singing "My Dick Is a Tyrannosaurus, Balls <laughs> Big Like a Bull, 100% Taurus." James Cosmo wins this for me. He's fucking just genius. He's very good. He's very good. <laughs> I gave it to DJ Beatroot. I was kind of between Duncan and DJ Beatroot, but yeah. the, 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 the one, uh, Beatroot won it for me just maybe for one line, and we spoke about it earlier, and when he's given Mr. Carlyle his name, and Carlyle repeats his name back to him, and he's like, oh, 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 that chuck drown out the sound of Mr. Carlyle saying his actual name. Um, I thought, oh, I've got to, it just, just, it just tickled me so much. Much, I had to give it to DJ Beatroot. Yeah, I was pretty much very close to, to giving yeah. it to him as well, though. I thought it was a brilliant performance and he was just so funny. And mm-hmm. as you say, the, 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 as we spoke about either when he's getting the, the fence shoes and the, the way he's slapping Dean, he's like, Do you imagine if people saw DJ Beatroot wearing fence shoes? Oh my God. Like, oh, oh my days. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, cool. Very well, good. Well, yeah, I'm glad. glad you enjoyed Get Juked and yeah, thoroughly enjoyed watching it too. So uh, I'm really glad that I managed to pick that. So mm. uh, is you. Your choice next time, Greg, on the Swally. So what are we going to be looking at on the next episode? Well, my choice is a wee bit of a companion, I guess, to the debt collector. Well, it isn't, it isn't. It, we mentioned on the on the episode that the debt collector is sort of inspired by the story of X gangster from Glasgow, Jimmy Boyle. Mm. So I remembered that there's a movie about Jimmy Boyle called mm. A Sense of Freedom from 1979. Uh, it has got an absolutely tremendous cast. Uh, David Heyman plays Jimmy Boyle. Jake Darcy's in it. Fulton Mackay. Alex Norton, to name but three, directed by um, John McKenzie, who directed The Long Good Friday and a couple of things that we've done um, on the podcast, uh, most notably Just Another Saturday and Just a Boys Game. So, yeah, yeah, and I, the other reason I picked it was I, I kind of, I, I've said before, I like to kind of pick things that you haven't seen before if I pick something mm. old. And I kind of thought to myself, well, there's a chance that Nicky might not have caught this. So. No, I've been meaning to, it's been on my list for a while to do as right. well. And I think, um, I think it is on, I think it's on the STV player at the moment. Mm. Um, it's definitely on one of the streaming channels because I've, I've seen it and right. thought, 
need to, I need to do that. Um, but no, I I've never seen it, but I, okay. I'm aware of it, and I know it's got a stellar cast. And Christ, that's going to take me about a day to update the Swally tally after that <laughs> yeah. um, of all the actors that are in that. But no, yeah. never seen it. So yeah, it'll be my first time. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Cool. Right then. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you watched uh, Get Duke and enjoyed it as well. Uh, now, if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram at Culture Swally Pod or follow us on Twitter at Swally Pod. Or if you've seen anything that you would like us to review or talk about from news in Scotland, then you can email us on cultureswally at gmail.com. Come and I promise on the next episode we will give you an update from our trip to Aberdeen. Mm, we will. Yeah, not long now. No. All right, not long now. No, not long now. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Right. Well, thank you very much, Greg, and I'll see you very soon. Yeah, properly see in person you. as well. Absolutely. Until the end of the month. <laughs> see you soon. Until the until the end of the month. My dick is a tyrannosaurus. Oh, big like a bull. Hundred percent tall.